Life Audio. I'm Jody Nisnik, and you're listening to So Much More. Today, we're having a special end of year conversation with Sherry Hudspeth, a trained spiritual director, and Julie Pierce, a seasoned leadership coach. And they are going to help us prepare our hearts and our minds to thoughtfully look back over our last year and look forward with anticipation to the new one. So after a quick word from our sponsors, we'll be back to dive into this insightful conversation. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with The King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Julie Pierce is a leadership coach, a speaker, and she has served in various roles in pastoral ministry for many years. And Sherry Hudspeth, my other guest, is a trained spiritual director who's been helping people walk closer with the Lord for many years. And Sherry and Julie are both dear friends of mine, and I am delighted to share them with you because I believe, and actually I know, that they have valuable perspectives to share with us as a leadership coach and a spiritual director on how we can process our last year thoughtfully and prayerfully and move into the next one. So, Sherry, welcome. Thank you. And Julie, welcome. So fun to be with you. All right. It is so fun to have you guys here. So let's jump in. And I'm going to start with you, Sherry, from your perspective as a spiritual director. As we move into a new year, why do you think it's important to look back over the previous year and process it with the Lord? Yeah, one of the things I was thinking about is that we sent, we seem to have a natural bent towards reflection when we come to the end of something. Um, this is something that a lot of people do. And when a lot of people are doing it, it's, it's just fun to think about how it's like innately wired into us in some way. Mm. Yeah. And, um, and there's lots of different ways, um, you know, to do it and lots of different reasons to do it. But 
one of the things I was thinking about is as someone who, you know, prays daily, there's kind of these short cycles, these daily cycles of reflecting like the end of the day, beginning into a, a new day and, you know, what you're hoping for in the next day. And that's amazing, but that gets you deep in the weeds of life and lots of detail and stuff. And I think there's something about this end of year reflection process that allows you to pull back mm. um, and to see the bigger picture that's going on and to, to marvel over it, to have new questions about it and, you know, see what will happen um, from there. Yeah, I love that. I do think we get lost in the details. And it's so helpful for my soul to pull back and see, oh, wow, look at all the things that you did this year, Lord. And if I just stay in the day-to-day, I think I sometimes I can get lost in that day-to-day rhythm. And it feels like, are you really doing anything? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I would love to know, Julie, as a leadership coach, what would you say to that same question? Why is it important for us to look back over the previous year and process it with the Lord? You know, one of the big things that I think we get out of it is actually metabolizing our year. I first learned that term from Henry Cloud in his book, Necessary Endings. And he talked about how we needed to experience, uh, metabolize our experiences, just like our bodies metabolize food, right? Like we take food in and then our body sorts it through, through our, all of our digestive system and figures out, okay, what of this is actually going to make me stronger? What's going to be fuel for me? And then what of this is actually just waste that we need to get rid of, right? Because if we don't, then it's going to be toxic for us moving forward. Hmm. So when I first read that from him, I was like, that is it. (laughs) Like that is why we need to slow down and actually reflect and metabolize our experiences, whether it's a project or a season or a thing that we just experienced or an event and our year, right? So that we can take away from that what is fuel for our growth and what is beneficial for us. And we can release and get rid of anything that's going to become toxic for us moving forward. Yeah. And I I think that's such a great word. There's this whole realization that I've had that living an unexamined life, not pausing long enough to really notice what God's doing, or even noticing like what I'm feeling right now, what I'm noticing about how my body's even reacting to things. When I things, when I don't pause to examine my life, I'm just passively participating, letting life happen to me versus being a more active participant and realizing that what God is doing in those moments is he's helping me through different things, notice through the way my body's reacting or through the, these uh, emotions that all of a sudden are just so front and center in my life and wondering, Whoa, why am I angry right now? What what's happening? So if I can slow down and notice that I love that word metabolizing it's I'm examining it. I'm, I'm figuring out, okay, what's happening? What do I need to hold on to? What do I need to let go to go of? That's such a good word. I'm curious from your perspective, Julie, we'll stay with you for a second is where do you notice that people get stuck uh, as they're kind of doing this process? And, and perhaps what would be your invitation for ways to move through those stuck places? Yeah. Where I see leaders get stuck all the time is a few, a few things. Um, they get stuck because they're overwhelmed. Hmm. 
get stuck because they're afraid or they get stuck because they're disappointed or hurt. And I think each of those requires a little something different. Uh, If we're stuck because we're overwhelmed, right? Like it's just burying us. We don't even know where to start. Uh, My recommendations are, you know, to, to dump that brain out, like you do the junk drawer in your kitchen that just gets all that random stuff in there. And it's so stuffed that you can't even pull the drawer out, you know, (laughs) like, So that's what I imagine our mind, that's how our minds feel when we are overwhelmed by the circumstances, by the season, by the demands, by the things. Um, So I just recommend the first thing we do is just dump out our brain, get it all out of the table, sort and organize it, throw stuff away, you know, that we don't need anymore. That's not helpful. Um, Delegate, you know, all those things just to get it back under control. And so we can actually see what it is we're dealing with. When it's fear, when it's that we're afraid, the questions that I recommend asking are, well, what are we really afraid of? Mm. And there's something about writing that out and seeing it on paper, hearing ourselves say it out loud, that then we can actually see, oh, okay, well, maybe that's possible, but not probable. Maybe that's not really my reality. Um, maybe there's something I can do about that. And then asking the question, what's one small thing I can do to remove that obstacle or to move forward, to push through the, through that. And then when it's disappointment and hurt, those are just as big, just as heavy, just as real. And that could be disappointment over a loss, something that happened or didn't happen to us, a failure, a hurt, any of those things. Then all we pick all of those up in leadership throughout the year, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important first to name what that actually is. Sometimes we just carry it around. We don't actually put our arms around it and name it. And then I think it's important to do that work of metabolizing, but particularly doing that work with a trusted Um, wiser mentor or counselor who can help us process through it or begin the grieving and the processing through it to get to healing eventually. Mm -hmm. Um, But sometimes again, it goes back to that. Why do we not stop and reflect? Because we're moving so fast. Mm -hmm. And so we hold on to that hurt. We just move on through, but honestly, like we just get stuck in it. Um, So those are the things I see. And those are like the kind of the questions and the Mm -hmm. way I try to help leaders move through that. Yeah, that's super helpful. Thank you for saying those questions. And I'll put those in the show notes. So if you guys want to grab those and journal about them, um, make sure you go there. We're going to pause here and take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. And then we'll be back to continue our conversation. Sherry is going to help us with the fact that a lot of times we don't even know how we're stuck. And she has some really wise words and counsel for how we can start to discern where these places might be. And Sherry, what I'm curious as a spiritual director, how have you noticed that people get stuck? And and what is your invitation from your perspective for how people can move through those stuck places? I found myself um, pondering what does stuck even mean? What does stuck look like? Mm. And also uh, pondering the fact that 
I haven't actually enjoyed doing these kind of yearly examines all my life. Like there is a point at which I was paying attention that other people were excited about it and other people were offering tools and, and that was making it a little safer and, you know, opening, opening me up to it. But I realize now in hindsight, the reason, one of the reasons why I resisted it was because I didn't want to have to face places where I was stuck, Mm, places where I wasn't making progress. And, uh, and also because partly because of the experience of even being blind to it, I I think intuitively knowing that, that I was stuck, but, um, having to face what feels like failure when you're stuck, those kinds of, you know, hard emotions. And, and so first of all, I just want to say, if you're aware that you're stuck, even the process of becoming aware of it is a gift from God, because until kind of what, you know, Julie was giving like all these great categories for like, you know, kind of figuring that out, but until you can name the stuck places, you can't be fully engaged in a conversation with the Lord that's leading you through the stuck place. And so my encouragement would be, you know, um, to take encouragement from the fact that the Lord wants to help you name it, um, wants to help you see it, wants to help you like identify it. Um, And Julie said something about this too, but like, what does it sound like to be stuck? What are the kinds of things that I'm saying to myself, to other people that are repetitive and indicate that I'm staying cycling in the same place rather than moving through to a new place? And, um, yeah, the Lord knows all that loves you, loves helping you, um, not, not only name it, but also, um, discover what the gentle right next step is for moving through to a new place. Mm -hmm. It's not going to typically, there's not this like huge breakthrough that all of a sudden, the stuck place completely falls apart, but there's a significant step that you can take that feels like hope that, you know, is, is moving someplace that God wants you to be. And you want to be, I mean, the reason why mm-hmm. um, we have the conflict over these things and then we feel stuck is because there's something in us that desires and knows we don't want to stay where we are, but we just need help getting where we want to be. Gosh, that's good, Sherry. Yeah, that is so well said. I think as you were saying that, I, first of all, I really appreciate your vulnerability in saying you didn't like doing these year-end examines because I think we do resist sometimes because you hear people say, oh, this is my word for the year. And you're like, I didn't get a word. Uh, and maybe you do and maybe you don't. Some years I feel like the Lord does give me something. And some years I feel like he's just like, you're just going to have to follow me this year and we'll see what unfolds in front of us. But I also so value what you just said about the frustration of feeling stuck because the reality from what both of you said, even Julie, when you talked about starting a grieving process, um, it, once you can name where you feel stuck or a disappointment that you have, that's long, hard, deep, slow work. And that's a bit scary. It's scary to enter into that because getting that deep into our soul and uncovering those things feels so vulnerable. What am I going to find in there when I get down to the core of who I really am? That is scary. And yet 
what you just said, Sherry, that's so comforting is God has this next right, gentle, loving step for us. Like he is in it with us. And the reality is we can resist exploring this place of stuckness. And what that is going to get us is staying stuck. Or we can do the hard work and start to dive in and we're actually going to start taking steps forward, which is what you just both have both said. That's what our souls are longing for. That's why we're even considering doing this year end reflecting examine process so that we can do this year differently with some things, some things we need to celebrate too and, and keep doing. Um, so those are both really wise, good counsel. Okay. I want to turn the corner a little bit and talk about dreaming and praying about the new year. As Sherry, I'll start with you as a spiritual director. When you think about this process of looking into the new year with the Lord, what would you counsel us to think about and pay attention to as we're, you know, wondering about what could be? Well, you hit on another thing that's pretty tricky for me. Dreaming is a tricky place for me. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and, and it's been something that I've named and been working with for, you know, over 10 years. So it's, you know, less tricky than it used to be. <laughs> But I was just like, okay, Lord, how would I concisely like talk about what feels like, um, like a holy place, a good place for the category of dreaming and where I've come to is alignment. You know, we're, we're in a culture that's full of what do you care about? What do you want to do? Who do you want to be? You can be anything. It really encourages you to get in touch with what you care about and why, which in and of itself is a beautiful thing. But if that thing isn't in alignment with God and God's desires for you and God's Mm. way of like helping you come alive and helping others come alive in his kingdom, then you're going to be in this kind of frustrated place around dreams. Um, and so I, my, my encouragement would be to, uh, spend some time unpacking what can be complicated about that with God. Um, what are my desires is flat out starting out with what do I love and why do I love it? Um, and if you don't know the answer to that, if dreaming is complicated for you because you hate being asked that question, cause you do not know the answer to that question. Um, then I encourage you to to just allow yourself to drift back into younger days um, and just see if if it, if it starts to come alive for you in that way. Like you, you're not in touch with it now, but what did I used to love and why did I used to love it? Could be a place that you um, uh, start with that, and then um, and then spend some time just like Lord, what are you dreaming of for me? What are, what are you dreaming that I could participate in alongside you and others that would be, um, like would make sense because it, there's something about the way you've designed me that that's in that, or let yourself even like go towards a thing that doesn't totally make sense only because 
I think there are parts of us that are hidden to ourselves and that, that this conversation could actually open us up to going down a trail that we haven't even thought of before, but could end up being the thing that that's been missing. It's been the thing that we've been looking for and didn't even know what we were looking for. So interesting to lean into that because that's a bit counterintuitive uh, to lean into the things that don't really make sense. But I think you're right when they, of course, with the caveat that it's aligning with the heart of God. Yes. But when those desires come up in our soul and to, you know, put pen to paper and write it down and say, what is that? Where is that coming from, Lord? Why are you bringing that to mind? That's such an interesting exercise and question. Um, Julie, what would you say as a leadership coach about praying and dreaming about a new year and counseling people about what to pay attention to? I so resonate with what Sherry was saying about being in alignment with God's dreams and desires, as well as what he is up to and doing in your life. (laughs) Um, so that, thanks for sharing that Sherry, that really resonated with me. Um, along those lines, what I would say is oftentimes whenever I'm talking with leaders at the end of the year and they're you know preparing their goals for the next year and their strategic plans and all these things, like <laughs> they get real wound up real fast because it feels like, Oh, I'm going to do all these things. And, um, and goals feel like how in the world can I, especially now, especially at this point in history is really hard to even make like year long goals, right? Because things are just, you know, getting thrown up in the air all the time. Uh, So what I have actually have kind of changed tactics over the, the last few years, whenever it comes to working with leaders who are, you know, looking ahead and, um, I now recommend instead of coming up with a big word for the year or five goals for the whole year, I recommend looking realistically at their year ahead and breaking it into smaller sections or seasons. I don't necessarily mean calendar seasons. I mean the seasons of their year as they look ahead. So it might be defined by a project. It might be defined by a life event, like a wedding or a graduation or whatever, right? Like, and just defining, you know, recognizing, okay, I've got three big seasons in the year ahead and here's what they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm just going to call them what they are, right? I don't need to see creative, you know, Hobby Lobby hopeful name over it. Just <laughs> what is it? It's wedding season. It's, you know, getting this project out the door season, it's launching this new campus season, whatever it is. And then once you've identified those smaller chunks in the year, right, then um, getting real clear on what matters most in each of those seasons. So it might be that as someone I know who recently stared down a couple weddings, in a real short amount of time. Mm-hmm. I, I know a person like that too. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> there, there were a whole lot of things during wedding season that did not matter. Mm-hmm. And there were just a handful of things that really did. And so when you look at wedding season and you say, okay, these are the four or five things that matter most in this season. When you're staring down this big project, these are the maybe three or four things that matter most in this season. Mm-hmm. 
So then if those are the three or four things that matter most, then I'm going to make sure that I stop doing, start doing only things that will support what matters most in that season. Everything else can take a back seat. It can wait till later. It can go off the menu altogether. Doesn't matter. So good. What that does, it's like super freeing for us, right? Mm-hmm. And it's super focusing. <laughs> um, And it really takes that overwhelm of, oh my gosh, I've got to come up with these perfect goals for the whole year and that. And just, it just breaks it down into something that feels a lot more manageable mm-hmm. for our minds and our hearts. And again, you can look at the whole year at a time. That's fine. Okay. There's three major seasons this year. Here's what matters most in each one. And here's what I need to support um, what matters most. But that is how I'm recommending leaders take a look at it. Um, so that's less overwhelming, a little more doable. And obviously, again, going back to what Sherry said earlier, that it is aligning with what God is doing in my life. Mm-hmm. I'm not over here trying to make something else happen that is for another year <laughs> or for years right. gone by. Uh-huh. Right. Those aren't here this year anymore. So let's, you know, let's align with what he is up to with what he is inviting me to as a leader, as a person, as a Christ follower. Mm -hmm. And then let's take a look at that in a more manageable way. So that's so, so good. Yeah. Julie, I really love what you're saying about that, partly because it was just, it was so practical. And the reason why the practical is so amazing, it's so grounding in the actual life that you're living And one of the reasons why I think dreaming has been complicated and hard for me is because my ego gets super tempted when you start talking about dreaming. I don't know if it's the culture that we've grown up in or if it's just my bent or, you know, combination of the two, but it is super tempting to me to like have these things basically where I'm big. Mm. I want to be, be big. And, um, and, and that of course feels wrong because it's not who I most want to be. I want to be someone who is involved in God being big. Um, and so when you're talking about like the practical, like what is the thing that God has right in front of me that he wants me to be invested in, in particular ways and dreaming of that going, um, in a way that honors him, surprises all of us. Uh, deepens us, like the kinds of things that God values, then it's easier for me to get into an alignment and avoid the temptation of the ego stuff. That's good, Sherry. That is so good. And I think you're right. I mean, the danger of even using the word goals is it is what potentially we are dreaming of all by ourselves without consulting God. And we start putting these things because we live in this, you know, hyper driven world where people we see w- whether whether it's true or not what people are presenting to us is success and achievement and you know doing all of these grand things when we get to that place of of goal setting and it, we can really tempt the ego to say I want to do this. I want to be recognized in this way. I want to be the expert here. I want people to think this of me. And 
what that is neglecting is what really God's invitation is, which both of you are pointing us to is what is God inviting me to do this year? A goal setting, I think, actually can be really helpful. Julie, I love the example you gave because you even coached me through this as my friend, you know, coming to you sharing, my daughters are getting married six weeks apart. <laughs> and I've got all these other things to do. And I and and I know you and I had these conversations of, okay, well, what's the most important thing? What do you really want to happen over these, you know, months leading up to these two amazing celebratory pinnacle events in the life of your family? Well, I want my daughters to feel cherished and I want, great, then what do you need to say no to, to make that happen? And I also want to be a healthy person going through it. I don't want to be bridezilla mom, you know? And so how, and, and I just think, so I love that idea of the seasons and helping us think through okay, then that's what's most important to me. It's what's most important to me is to be the kind of person that, and it's that kind of person that looks like Jesus that has, that reflects Christ to other people, uh, lives generously, uh, has, has words that pour out of me that, that point people to Jesus. Those are the things. And I think most people listening to this podcast resonate with that. That is what we want. And so I would love to know from you guys, as we move into this reflection time, what are some resources that have been helpful for you or just tools maybe that you've found? Um, Julie, I'll start with you as a, a the, as the leadership coach. What, what have you found has been helpful? Well, interesting. You should ask me that because a spiritual director has <laughs> been helpful to me. <laughs> Um, and also something else that you, uh, counseling obviously has been helpful to me, but when I think of resources, I truly do think of, you know, we, we, many of us who were, um, you know, you can be an Enneagram three or whatever other number that likes to, you know, complete a list. Um, we like all these downloadable, like here's, you know, 20 questions to think through the year and all those kinds of, and I've created lists like that before, but really what matters most about it is picking a few questions, spending some time with the Lord on it, writing it out. Cause there's something powerful about seeing it on paper. And what I, where I feel like the magic sauce is, is in what you were talking about earlier, Jody, and that's actually talking it through with someone else. So spiritual director, leadership coach, really good friend who knows you, right? And just talking it through with them to have someone else reflect back to you what they're hearing to help you sort through some of the things that um, might be in that junk drawer. Uh, but really, I, I think that is what's most beneficial, making the space, writing it out, picking a few questions, not 15. Mm. And then to allowing someone else into that with you to good. help reflect back and really help you sort through. That's so good. Thanks, Julie. Sherry, what would you say a tool or resource has been that's been helpful for you? The uh, Emily P. Freeman has a journal that's a complimentary journal to her book, The Next Right Thing. Yeah. And that journal is set up to guide you through monthly reflections. Uh, and then at the end, it does like a whole year reflection, but it trains you how to pay attention to your life incrementally um, rather than daily. 
and it gives you great questions, great practices to experiment. It, it's really a robust resource mm-hmm. for this mm-hmm. kind of um, reflective life. And at the same time, like super gentle, like Emily would be the first person to say, like, if you don't resonate with one of the questions I'm asking, move on, you know, yeah, <laughs> like, right. You know? Yeah. Um, don't so that's another thing to to remember about using resources is like don't overuse them. <laughs> right. um, find the thing that resonates and hang out with God there and let the rest of it go. Um and also this always this kind of conversation always brings up for me the listen to my life maps that are a robust eight map experience that um just helps you get in touch with what you care about and why and how God has been showing up in your story in the past and helps orient you to believe that he's going to keep showing up in your story and leading you into the next thing. And so if you're really um, struggling with feeling pretty lost in all of this right now, that could be a really good resource to dive into. Um, Again, with a trusted friend, spiritual director, life coach, like you want to be doing that conversation with someone else. You don't want to just be doing it. Um, I second both of those recommendations. Those are so good. And I third them. I'll put links in the show notes. They're all excellent. (laughs) I will say my, my contribution to the resources is build deep and lasting friendships with people you can really trust that you can process this with. Julie, you hinted at this, um, or you, you already said this, but I want to echo it. I, um, two of my closest friends we're having this conversation with right now, and it has been 20 years in the making, both of these friendships. And I will say that that has been a lifeline, a stabilizing force. And it's been the slow and steady uh, connecting over the years. And so I want to encourage every single one of you, if you feel like you don't have that kind of friend that, you know, can pray with you, that you can be really gut level honest with about what you're going through and can support you in that start now. It will take years, but eventually you'll be at that place where you'll have the years behind you and it will, it will be so worth the effort because going through these kinds of processes alone is nearly impossible. Uh, And yes, you can and you should have professionals in your corner. Thankfully, see, I choose my friends that are also professionals. It's very smart of me. <laughs> um, but you can you can, and you should also have people that have been doing this deep thinking work as you're moving along in that. So, okay, Sherry, Julie, super, super insightful and fun. Thank you for sharing your thoughts with us. Um, and just guiding us through this. So thank you very much. Thanks for inviting us. Um, yeah, that's a fun thing to like help people with. I, I hope that people find just one, two or three things that they go, ah, I'm going to spend time on this with the Lord and see what happens. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jody. This was super life-giving today. Thanks, Julie. Well, I do want to let you guys know that um, with Julie and Sherry's help, I've created for you a free end of year reflection. So you'll find some of the uh, questions that we've even talked about in this conversation embedded into that reflection. So I want to encourage you. It's a free resource. Just you, you'll find it in this exact same feed for the podcast. And I want to encourage you to take some space to 
process and metabolize your year from the past year. And then with the Lord, think through what does this next year look like in the seasons of your year? I also want to take a quick second to thank the team of Life Audio for their partnership. And if you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They have shows about prayer and Bible study, parenting, even this one on scripture meditation. And as always, I do want to thank you one more time for joining me and Sherry and Julie today on so much more because we really do believe Jesus has so much more to say to us. And this is one way we can create space to listen. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for working everything out for my good. Help me trust in your perfect plan. Amen. Father, thank you for loving and caring for me. With Christian prayer meditation, you can pray along to prayers based on specific topics. Go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Christian prayer meditation. You can also download the Abide app for biblical meditations at abide.com.